Ernest, what's up? Look, in the world of personal finance management, finding the right tool is crucial. If you've been relying on Mint to keep your personal finances in check, I got a mix of news for you. Mint is closing down. But here's a silver lining. Monarch Money is stepping up as the go-to financial app and users, including myself, are making the switch with a smile. Before Monarch, juggling my finances felt like navigating a stormy sea. Other apps either lacked features or were too cumbersome. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design turned financial management from a chore into a breeze. The constant updates, well, that's the cherry on top. But what truly set it apart for me was its collaboration feature. Money matters constrain relationships, but Monarch brings peace to the table. The app's collaboration tools allowed my partner and I to seamlessly manage our finances together. We aligned on our budgets, tracked our cash flow, and even planned our future goals all in one place. Speaking of goals, be it saving for a down payment, your dream vacation, or your children's education, Monarch simplifies it all. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal hailed it as the best budgeting app. This isn't just an app. It's the next generation of personal finance management, ad-free, intuitive, and always evolving with you in mind. Now look, Monarch isn't just another app. It's the all-in-one solution. From effortlessly importing your data from Mint to customizing your dashboard to your heart's content, Monarch respects your privacy with a strict no-ads, no-data-selling policy. This is financial management as it should be, focused on you. Look, after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Mondays. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Mondays for your extended 30-day free trial. Vacation starts with VA. One thing you'll love about your trip to Virginia is that you'll never have to settle for one thing. All that you love is all in one trip. Start yours at virginia.org. Welcome back. We love Market yes. Monday. Yes. <laughs> Abu Dhabi Dubai edition, F1 edition. For sure. This is true. This is Global true. Global Boys this edition. Is true. Listen, y'all looking royal. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that, man. Yeah, we out here in uh in Abu Dhabi still. Um been out here for a week. So, you know, it's uh it's been a good run. Good run for sure. We are coming home though. We are going home at some point. I know there's some rumors that we might not come. We're coming home. We got some things we gotta take care they're of. Staying away, I'm saying they're staying over there. Ian, you going to Mexico, they staying there. Hey, international ho. <laughs> yeah. Check my handle. The the travel mercenaries. Yes, we will be back. We will be back. We got some things we need to handle out here first. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot going on. We'll talk about that later on, but there's a lot that's been happening in the market, um, especially since the Thanksgiving holiday, Black Friday holidays, Black Friday day. So, um, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. But yeah. before we start, definitely um, big episode for assets over liabilities this week. My girl B Simone, yes, hey. shout out to be the billionaire man. You know, a lot of people. Don't fully understand B Simone and might not take us serious, but you're doing yourself a disservice. This is somebody who's under 30 years old, millionaire, mm -hmm. self-made. She had a thing back on a few years ago when she was actually showing the journey to make her first million dollars. She's a true hustler. Yep. Comedy, selling products, online businesses, like best selling author. 
especially like for the ladies, like she's she's one of them ones actually. So um, yeah. shout out to be Simone, man. Just yeah, super, super dope energy. Just a good spirit. Like a lot of times, you know, you run into great people and then you run into amazing people. She's definitely one of the most amazing talents that we ever run into. Um, and the episode is incredible. I think when we were recording it, people watched it as it was happening. The produ production crew was like. That was incredible. I've never seen you guys laugh like that episode, but she just yeah. has that energetic spirit and it's infectious. So it's definitely going to be a treat. All right. And then also, big episode on Earn Your Leisure tomorrow at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. We have the only black woman agent in the oh, NBA man. currently, uh, Shatilia Riley um, Irving. I'm about to say, don't forget the last name. Kyrie mm -hmm. Irving's mom and um stepmom stepmom that's his mom well his, his yeah. mom passed i know but yeah. i mean she's married to his dad so yeah. it's his mom you right know. i don't like the word stepmom like you know if you i'm just saying that, what he that's says. his mother that's what he acknowledges that so that is a dope episode that comes out tomorrow at one o'clock his agent mm -hmm. um and she obviously had a lot to say about a variety of different things related to him him leaving nike how the media has portrayed him the COVID 19 yeah. situation his suspension last year, mm -hmm. you know, Kyrie has had a variety of different things that have happened in the media, obviously, if you follow his career, um, but also on the business side, like I said, he left Nike and he's working with a, a shoe brand in, in China. And um, that's huge. Yep. Um, and he took the power back and, you know, empowered his family to start a sports agency, which he's doing. That's huge. Yep. Um, just so many different things to talk about. And then, of course, obviously, her being, you know, a woman, a black woman in the sports world, how that is and difficulties that she's had to go through. And then, you know, negotiating with teams and talking to the media and stuff like that. So really dope conversation. Check that out at, at one o'clock. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and the last thing before we get to the show, Art Basel, December yes. 9th. It's going to be a vibe. I believe Ian has an event in the morning with Chase. Shout out to Chase. Yes. And then, um, so make sure you go to that in Miami. And we have Art Basel. Uh, we got, you know, a hell of a show. A hell of a Come show on, for everybody. Free, free event. It's free. Um, but you must RSVP. That's extremely important because space is limited. So go to our website. Click the RSVP tab on the events, on the events tab. Um, and we will see you in Miami on December 9th. If you ever been to our Art Basel activations, you know it's a vibe. We always have a good time. We brought out Khaled before. We brought out Sean. Brought out uh, Ian before. We brought out um, Timberland. Timberland last year. Yeah, Pusha T performed. Um, yeah, man, just Blaze yeah, on the just set. Blaze. Manny, had Manny Fresh, Manny Fresh do was a, on the set. a DJ set for us. Um, so, you know, Art Basel. And, was and, and listen, the crowd y'all curate there too? There'd be some people in the crowd. I'm like, oh, I didn't know you was coming through. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah it's oh, gonna yeah. be a big one, man. It, this this one is year three uh, of us doing it. Shout out to the the family vet, United Master. Shout out to Ally. We got a big, 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 big surprise. Uh, so make sure y'all RSVP for that. Listen, it is free. It yeah. is free. Make sure y'all there. It is free. Blogs, write that up too. The touch <laughs> please write about that. This free of it. I know the the artists or whoever's coming is big. They ain't say nothing to me about it. I'm RSVP too. So, <laughs> Red Panda fam, if y'all want to go, don't hit me. I don't even know who it is, but <laughs> yeah, it will be packed. It will be yeah. packed. And then this Friday, shout out to the AKAs. Shout out to the AKAs, uh, the wonderful sorority AKAs. We are being honored this Friday, so I want to just give a shout out to them uh, for the event. 
uh that's gonna be dope man it's interesting the first sorority i ever knew in life was it aka my sixth grade teacher who's actually now yeah she was she was an aka she's actually now my daughter's guidance counselor that's how long she's been in education but shout out to the aka's appreciate y'all yeah shout yes. out to aka my, my grandmother was a, my grandmother was an aka so yeah shout out to the aka's yeah, for good. sure good. um all right that's the pinky joint legend it's pinky joint okay pink and green yeah um fact. ian any announcements on your Yes, shout out to the AKs again. <laughs> See y'all at the <laughs> um shout out to the sweet move pie chapter in Atlanta, legendary spellman. I'll see you. Um, event with Chase uh December 9th in the morning. Then please RSVP. Hove will be there. Somebody ginormous will be at the event. I don't know who blue ivy and Beyonce. I don't know who. Um, it's gonna be at the event. Looking forward to it. Miami's gonna be a vibe. Stop club call will be this Wednesday at 9 p.m. and I will be in New York. This week from Tuesday to Thursday. Um, making my rounds and doing some interviews. If I made you money, please put yes in chat. And shout out to Terrence J, Steve Harvey, y'all, Canelo. Who, who else y'all meet? The CEO of Louis Vuitton. I ain't even got the call, so I already know. <laughs> hey, we ran into the guy in Her who ran Hermes in the elevator. Oh, my God. The Hermes-EYL pajama combo? They hit different. <laughs> It hit different. Fact. It's a game to perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. Fact. Perhaps. All right. Uh Troy, disclaimer. Yeah, you know how this works, man. Do your research. Do your own research, man. Our content is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only. It's very important that you do your own analysis before making any investment based on your own personal circumstances. You take independent financial advice from a professional in connection with or independently research and verify any information that you find on our show and wish to rely upon whether for the purpose of making an investment decision or otherwise. This is a message brought to you by the good brothers at Earn Your Leisure and the good yeah. brother Earn, how about to say the good brother Earn Your Leisure, the good brother Ian Dunlap himself, the master investor. Continue to do research, y'all. <laughs> and shout out, to, shout out to everybody that's using the research for good. Shout out to those that are using it and sharing it uh, and making profit off of it. That's the most important thing. We wanna make sure, make sure everybody's making money because uh, everybody's happy when they're making money. So make sure you do that. So, all right, let's start here. And Black Friday sale, Cyber Monday sale is still going on. You got 48 hours if you want to get a deal on Stock Club. And is the merch sale still going? Yeah, the merch sale is still going. And EYL University sale also still going. So you can click the link in our bio um, for that, for both of those Black Friday, Cyber Monday sales for sure. Let's go. Um, okay, so speaking of Black Friday, mm -hmm. uh, we reported that a record uh, – over nine billion dollars for online sales this year that's a record um so it was a healthy black friday for retail online side so let's talk about how this would affect some potential companies that are traded on the stock market yeah. um yeah you had listed a few you got uh best buy ross macy's cole target tj maxx walmart and amazon so you want to kind of go by uh each one you want to run you want to just run them down We'll start yeah, the yeah, Best Buy, um, not one of my favorites. I think they have a bunch of challengers. I would maybe be swing trade Best Buy. Um, I think we have one behemoth that we can't forget about. I think, uh, Troy, for a while, you've been saying this is your stock of the year. We'll get to that in a second. Yep. Number two, Ross, I do like. Um, if in downtimes, Ross does get a little bit more popular for people who are trying to save money. The company is pretty well ran. The stock performs relatively well. So I like that one. Macy's, not so much. I'll skip past that. 
Coles is okay. Target should make a rebound within two or three years. So I'm kind of in the middle of the road on Target, but at the right price, I would like to buy it. But I think TJ Maxx, Walmart, and then the behemoth Amazon are the three that we really need to focus on here. But Amazon being the cash cow in this crop, like um, they're expected to ship 5.9 billion packages in 2023. And they're the number one shipping company in the world as of right now. And that just happened. They they passed UPS in 2020. They passed FedEx this year. They are now the number one uh, shipper in the United States. This is true. We and said I, this was going to happen. I, I, you definitely did. And I'm wondering how much of the competitors' business are staying afloat because of Amazon. Like, I would really love to see that how much how much data they're sending to uh, UPS, DHL, et cetera, to have packages delivered. Um but Amazon out of the Best Buy, excuse me, out of that category of Black Friday deals is number one. I definitely still like Walmart. They are competitive threat to be worried about. TJ Maxx and Ross are like Best Buy has a whole bunch of other issues like having to house the inventory. Um, Kohl's I would stay away from, but Amazon by far is yeah. uh, the, the leader here. There's a lesson to be learned inside of that. About 10 years ago, FedEx had an opportunity to partner with Amazon um because of the amount of margin that it was bringing in for the company ended up not doing it and now they're being yep. surpassed and who knows in 10 to 15 years if they'll even be able to compete we'll see um but there's a bigger story because when we talked about the record that was sold it was 9.8 billion online sales but the big retail stores there's another yep. issue there that nobody's talking about right how many people were in the stores so crazy. Ian, I'm a, I'm gonna run down that list, right? I'm gonna give people the percentages year to date of the companies, and then it'll put a, a, a more of a, a highlight on what's happening in, in terms of the retail sector. So Best Buy, uh, and for those who are looking for the ticker BBY, is down 14% year to date. Ross ticker ROST up 13% year to date. Macy's down 25%. Ticker is M. Kohl's ticker KSS they're down 6%. Target, ticker TGT, down 13%. TJ Maxx, ticker TJX, is up 13%. And Walmart, ticker uh, WMT, is up 9%. Now, here are, this is where it gets really glaring. Amazon, the company you just talked about, and I've yeah. talked about the past two years, is up 73% year to date. Year. But here's the, here's the big one right here. Pause. Shopify. We're talking about e-commerce, and we're talking about small yeah. business. You have to talk about Shopify. Shopify is up 103% year to date. So if you're talking about e-commerce and the way people are shopping, people are not going into stores at the same rate, right? These mm -hmm. Black Friday sales don't, if I can get it online with my convenience, I'm going to do it there. You talk about two e-commerce businesses that are dominant, Amazon and Shopify. Amazon headed toward a triple digit percentage this year. Shopify is already there. Those trends I feel like are going to continue going into the future. Retail space, big box retail, they have an issue on their hands. Over with, yeah. Which goes into the issue that uh, Don Peebles and um, who who else was talking about this at Market Mondays Live? Like the commercial use space is going to be different over the next. Uh, David Gross, um, the the commercial real estate boom is done, and we're seeing a lot of retailers go through. But like you said, the ones that are have been shifted to apps and online purchasing, they're going to do incredibly well. Um, Amazon is in prime position. Like Bezos hasn't left his foundation or got off the yacht yet. But listen, 
Andy's doing a good job. They they are performing incredibly well. You got to give it up for Amazon. When everyone thought they were down and out, they found a way to right the ship. And great CEOs are going to find a way to do well, even in, in times of disaster. Um, and I feel bad for FedEx not partnering. Rashad, remind me that one time of when you seen old boy walking to Chipotle. <laughs> With the knapsack? <laughs> It ain't giving hedge fund how you say, but part put it in chat. Partnerships are key. Get your facts. All that be your own boss thing sounds good until inflation hits. Oh baby. Well, well speaking speaking about inflation, um, what does it say? <laughs> what does it say about um the state Big of the economy? Money. What does it say about the economy with uh nine point eight billion spent on online sales? A lot of people said you know recession and. People would be spending less money this year, but spent more money, uh, yeah. regardless of the circumstances. So, what what does this say about you know heading into twenty twenty four? I think um, when people want things, no matter what, they're going to find a way. Um, if you have kids, significant other, your kids and significant other don't want to hear the this recession. I'm not going to buy you anything. So, there's always going to be someone to profit. Money's going to slow down, but money like energy is always going to be recycled. Um, so it may move up to the one percenters and they may spend more or it may trickle down occasionally. But the biggest companies on earth are going to find a way to incentivize people to spend money to put that into their castle. The thing I found really interesting with the Amazon thing was the, the Thursday night game. And now mm -hmm. they had the ads popping up based off of your shopping history like that Black Friday NFL Amazon integration. I don't think people yeah. know how genius that is. You don't have to pay the same rate as you do at the Super Bowl, but it's a little bit pricier. People are waiting for a deal, and now the Black Friday deals are popping up. So, like Super Bowl will always reign supreme, and it's like the imminent ad space. But I think this Thursday night pre-Black Friday game may get bigger. Yeah. Job well played by Amazon for sure. Yeah, it was first time in history that they had a Black Friday NFL game. Just so happens. I mean, the Jets played terribly, but yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a business model. Even for the season, the, the Thursday night games have moved to Amazon Prime. So if you're looking for them on network TV, you don't have yeah. them anymore. They're all on the Amazon Prime. Who knows what happens? And I know Disney's trying to figure out what they're going to do with ESPN. But you could imagine that Monday Night Football itself might end yeah. up on one of these uh, streaming platforms where they can only be viewed there. That's always if you look at ratings for every week from a national syndicate, it's the number one show every week during the football season. And then after that, it's, it's good luck. Maybe it, it can be one of these uh, game shows. But yeah, during the NFL season, Monday Night Football, number one watch thing in the country. So imagine that going to a streaming platform. The bidding on that is just being incredible. Being, being incredible. Yeah, I, I think people always find money to spend where they need it. I think, and also, I think you guys touched on this before. Even though a recession may hit certain parts of the country or certain demographics, people are always going to spend. I think that wealth gap is getting so wide. We're seeing a disparity between... We know people who are being drastically affected. And on the other end, we know some people the last two years, they, they've had their best years. So I think the economy is going to find a way to stabilize. I don't think we're going to have a soft landing. Or maybe we'll have a soft landing for the rich and a very harsh landing if you're not. I don't know if you've seen a post I put up earlier. Fellas, if you're cheating and you're not paying all the bills, old girl brought, put him on a balcony, made him sleep outside and brought his macaroni and cheese and Kool-Aid outside. Get your affairs in order. So you can have a soft landing in case you get caught up this holiday season. <laughs> and real men don't cheat. Black men don't cheat, man. You know that. It's fascinating. <laughs>
<laughs> was it a big burrito bowl with chips or was it like I'm done <laughs> earn your compliance <laughs> boy yo so let's, let's talk about gold mining yeah gold mining companies um interesting because most people only look at gold as an investment for like actual gold, gold bars, yes. but not the, the the companies that actually mine gold, right? Um, but there's no gold without gold mining. So um, you know, let's talk about some gold gold mining companies that people might be interested in investing in. Yeah, one uh, you guys can put this watch list down really quick. Um, number one is NEM, so uh, Newport Mining is one. The second ticker is AU. The third one is G. FI and I'll go into all detail about these. The fourth is KGC and the last one is FCX, which is Freeport Back Moran. Um, they've been around for a long time. I'll start there. I like Freeport. Um, of course, you have the ticket GOD. Gold is definitely has incredible value. I know a lot of people always ask, should you invest in gold for the long term? I think you should have some exposure, maybe five to ten percent. But if you can get Freeport Mac Moran around 17 bucks or 15 bucks. I like it there. Anything above there is too pricey for me. Um, if I go to Newmont Corporation, I like that one around $26. Let me go to AU because I know people have been saying we haven't done enough uh, stocks recently or not the same ones. AU Anglo Gold Ashanti, I like around $9.41. And then GFI, which is Goldfields Limited, I like at the price of like $5.35. And I would exit around 15 because that normally is a place of resistance. So if you can't buy Cuban chain like a 19 has, like 19 to come on with all the, the gold, you know what I mean? Shout out to my guy. Um, or if you can't buy a bar, these are some companies that will give you exposure to your portfolio. And normally if the market is heading down, Gold stocks are going to go up as a offset to inflation. Those are my four. Back to you. There guys. you have. Yes. <laughs> there you have it. So, um, gold all in my chain. Gold, gold on my. So you think board. that? So would gold, would these companies be on your top watch list? Yeah, I will put them in the watch list for a gold. Um, for gold only, like now, if I have to compare them to the Magnificent Seven or the, we got to get on Terrific Ten. Um, no, but if I want exposure to gold, Freeport would be there first, and then probably GFI at the, the right price because the ninety nine, two thousand fourteen and two thousand sixteen GFI went to like two dollars and fourteen cent each of those times, so that's like a great place to buy at a support level that historically has worked out but yeah i would definitely put them on a watch list if the market does tank in 2024 i would look to put some capital and deploy some capital there to have more exposure to gold okay the commodities play all right yeah all right yeah or we can do right. some market monies you know cubans <laughs> platinum platinum i'm with it maybe fire yeah. oh, we can lie and say it's white gold <laughs> <laughs> the don't let them know play got you no nah, that's white gold 10 10 carat got this in the middle of the mall 
Edgewater. <laughs> Edgewater. <laughs> Mall of America. For real. So, okay. So um, let's talk about Netflix, shall we? So Netflix gave uh, 11 million to a company to produce mm-hmm. a movie and they lost it all trading options. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think this is real or rollout <laughs> for the movie? And uh, what, what are some lessons that can be learned from this situation? Listen, but Troy sent me a text and like, listen, he made a bunch of money off Dogecoin. Yeah. Like, this, this, I think the story is complex, man. Yeah, this so the story is, is really complex. So it sounds like they gave him 11 million. In actuality, the, the budget was 55 million. Mm. So he had 55 million to do this film called Conquest. The, the, the dude's name is uh, Carl Wrench. So he got 44 million to do this Netflix deal, which is crazy because Amazon was bidding on it too. They lost. He asked for more money for production, right? He said he needed the, the total 55 to get this done. So when they gave him the additional 11, uh, <laughs> he put it into the stock options, right? He put it into stock options. I think it was like $11 million. He lost six of it within like 10 days, he lost 6 million. But the Jeez. other four, this is crazy. The other four, he invested in Dogecoin. That, so he put $4 million in Dogecoin, I think in like maybe March or April of 2021. That four million turned into twenty seven million because Dogecoin went on that run. Yeah. So the crazy part is, Netflix is looking at like that's our money that you invested, right? So now there's like litigation going back and forth, like who's entitled to that money, right? You you were supposed to be using it for production, right? You didn't. There's no movie coming out. You made profit off the money that you were supposed to be doing for production, <laughs> right? <laughs> so now what happens? So then you go, the story gets deeper, right? When he when he got the 27 million from Dogecoin, here's a list of things that he purchased. He bought five Rolls Royces, because I mean, one's not enough. <laughs> a Ferrari. Well, the cards for the movie. It, so that's crazy. That's that's what he actually what he said. So he bought a Ferrari, a uh, restaurant, Constantine watch, uh, some high-end furniture, and designer clothes. And when they asked him about the expenditures, he said it's all part of the production budget. So now it's in litigation, like what happens to this money? <laughs> this is like a, a, one of these ill stories. The, the first part is that he was getting 55 million to get a movie. I mean, I've never, I haven't seen any of his work before. I'm not familiar with any of it, but that's when you're talking about these streaming services and we talk about this all the time, how are they gonna make profit when they give out these big budgets for people who haven't produced at a high level? 55 yeah. million is now down the drain, really, but they're looking at like, yo, he needs to give us some of that money from the profits he made. It's an interesting litigation that's gonna happen. I'm not sure how this gets handled. This is one of the greatest rollouts I've ever seen. When I first saw this, I was like, okay, this is a lie. Then like 50 people sent it to me and I'm like, okay, let me look into it. Then you sent that to me today. And I'm like, damn, he financed the loss. But if he says Conquest was a movie, about a what if this is like the new wall i'm a cape for him for a second this is like the new version of wall street and he wants to tell a real life story based on true events it's tough man now he does have to deliver the movie but this in itself this is a documentary inside of a documentary already i don't know how it's going to end up um when i heard this and then you sent me that about how much he made i was like why the hell did we do this we literally should just have one option account while I lose a whole bunch. Let academics and Vlad kill me. Y'all win a whole bunch, and we turn into a movie. We got to get our Renaissance tour on next year. My <laughs> Lord. So kudos to him on the Doge. All the crypto people, shout out to him on the Dogecoin win. Um, 
this is a great rollout. Like, and of course, because the the hype of trading and options has died down since 2020, 2021. Um, I don't think it's correct on what he did. Like, I don't think it's moral, but if they didn't state in their perspectives that he can only use that money for film or if this is part of research, he may end up getting away with it. But he he does need to produce a movie. But I'm mad yeah. I didn't think of this idea. This is a real conquest. I mean, contractually, he's obligated to that money. Now, what he mm -hmm. does with the money, right? If you give him a budget for a film, I mean, technically, it belongs to him or the company that it was wired to. I think they might have wired it to one of his LLCs, which is makes it tougher for them to try to recoup that money. That's right? tough. He, that's tough. Yeah, it's fifty-five <laughs> for a movie, and you never seen his work. Yeah, I wonder what options he put it in, though. That's a lot to lose in ten days. Six million in ten days is that's tough, bro. That's that's a, that's a tough one. Imagine if he would have won on both sides, though. He looked like a genius. He looked like a genius. $100 million budget. I know one wired and clear. We need to call Netflix, though. <laughs> get a phone, UTA, CA. Hey, hey, let's get it from Tubi. Tubi, y'all got 40 for us? <laughs> we'll come right on over. <laughs> Man. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the S&P. S&P is up four weeks in a row, um, and it's up more than 10% during this win streak. So what's the biggest lesson learned from the S&P making some moves over the last couple of months? Yeah, NASDAQ is up. Amazon is up. Um, I think the thing, and that's why I love doing the show every week, and then seeing y'all double up on the assets of reliability and earn your leisure episodes, like the power of consistency, man. Like everything, I wish it was a more elegant way to put this, but all if you stay to your plan and stick to your plan and keep investing in, you're going to find a way to win. I keep saying it, the market is rigged to stay up permanently. Hedge funds, municipalities, prop firms, fund of funds are all putting money into the S&P 500, Vanguard, Blackstreet, Blackstone are all putting money into the S&P. It's almost too big to like if we want to talk about the real too big to fail. The S&P 500 index is probably the most indestructible financial asset that we have in our country. And if you're not taking a part of it and not investing into it, you are literally choosing to be broke. That's why when we talked about it last week, if you're continuously short selling, you're saying to every bank and every fund, I'm smarter than you and I have more capital because every dollar is a vote. So if I have trillions of dollars on the hedge fund side, prop firm side, going into these funds, how can a 50000 or $50 million bet make the market go down for long? So I know a lot of times people ask, why do you guys always talk about the S&P and NASDAQ and Dow? Because they are rigged to permanently stay up. And if you're not putting money there, you're going to go, go broke. Um, you're going to miss out on an opportunity of a lifetime. Even with all the disaster and fear that has been permeating the last 18 months. The S&P is still performing. Amazon is performing well. NVIDIA is performing well. I'm seeing DraftKings start to make a move. Troy, like, if we just get Disney out of the clear, home run. Home run. Microsoft is doing well. Google, invest for the long term and you'll be good. But I think one of the greatest things we've seen collectively from us, we've just beat a lot of people from being consistent. There may be some who be, may be more talented or they may be hotter for three or four weeks. Long term, uh -uh. it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. Yeah, I don't see nobody else hosting no dinners or going to with Canelo. 
Shout out to the champ. <laughs> See? <laughs> Great golf player. Oh, y'all hot enough to fight for Ab- Got you. Got a little exhibition. Got you. Diversity. Diversity. I like that. That's a fact. That's mm-hmm. a fact. Shout out to Canelo. Reaching across borders. Yeah. yeah. Necessary. Yeah. The international yeah. play. And shout out to old girl who had her face covered up with uh Maddie J and Chris Yo. Brown. <laughs> Viral. <laughs> Covering up your face make it look worse. Do what I do. Just go outside. Like, I have to go off of work. Promo. Invest Fest 2024 coming soon. <laughs> coming soon. Talent research. Yeah. Talent research. You got to be outside. November 6th, we spoke about this on Market Mondays. We said November is the best month to trade. Right, yeah. so I feel like if people have been watching call audience fan, they know that they already know that like, yeah. this is something that they kind of expected, and so they most people are probably prepared for this moment. Like when we're talking about the Nasdaq, when we talk about the S and P, we talk about the Dow. Yeah. Historically, this has been the best month for the Nasdaq on an average of two percent increase. I think right now it's at trading at nine percent, um, and that was with some pullbacks throughout the month already. Um, but hopefully, it finishes strong. The question is, where does the S and P finish for the year? Right, so it's over at forty five hundred, a little bit over forty five hundred. Do you think we get to forty six, forty six five? Can we go up a hundred points in here? Um, Kodak voice. I hope so. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't. I don't know if we can because I'm trying to keep my uh, streak and win record super high. But I think, I think we definitely have a shot. Because the new Christmas rally is the November run. Mm-hmm. If, if October is the worst month for the stock market, that like if I had to build a portfolio, I would start buying long term in October and start my trading season in November. Like it's all pull, like if I have a hedge fund and I'm courting clients in the fourth quarter, would I want to court clients while I'm winning or while I'm losing? It's really easy to bring clients into the office in November when everything's going crazy. Like Amazon came out of the ashes like a phoenix rising. Great. Facebook, Meta's doing great. Google's doing great. Bitcoin is starting to have a run. Everything is smooth again. So um, I, I definitely think we can at least touch that. I don't know if we'll stay there through the end of the year, but I think we may kiss that, that level. So, um, Okay. So let's talk about this. Is Solana back? I, I gotta. I wanna. This is back to y'all before y'all go to Wimbledon. Um, I'm gonna knock it back to y'all and, and let me know what you think. I do see um, XRP, of course, making a run. XLM, but I do want to post you. Do you think Solana can make a comeback in 2024? Um, can it? You know what? I- I'll take a, a large scope, right? I'll go uh, macro here. I think the space of cryptocurrency has a chance to have a run. I think, uh, and, and I'm with uh, Brian Armstrong, the CEO of, of uh, Coinbase. When we ha- saw what happened with Binance, and we'll talk about that later, feel like this is the largest exchange in the world. We've seen a lot of exchanges have yeah. the defaults, and we've saw a, a, a lot of fraud. I feel like once Binance has this on record, right now, it feels like this is a complete clean out of the system because it doesn't get bigger than that, right? Like yep. we're talking $4 billion and for it doesn't get bigger than Binance. I feel like this is a clean out for the system for the new version of how crypto is going to look. Like I know we talk about we don't re- want regulation, that's out the window. 
right? We don't want big government involved. That's out the window. Something's brewing in 2024, 2025 that's going to reshape how crypto is viewed. So I'm going to say, is it back? No. But am I optimistic that the space will have an appreciation over the next two to three years? Yes. How's that? You know, last month has been up 70%, a nice push. If inflation drops and there is, quote unquote, safety in the crypto space, like when CNBC and Barron's and Deutsche Bank start saying, hey, there's safety across the board, that's when you know the banks have like fully infiltrated and taking everything over. It's like when they kicked out Kevin and Lior and brought in L.A. Reid and changed the regime. Same kind of thing. And I told you guys this before. I know I'm not the most forementioned crypto expert, but I did tell you the banks are going to come in and try and take over. Job is almost done. And as a result, they'll find a way to push this one high. But yeah, I think by 25, um, Solana will be a lot higher. I don't know if it'll get back to those highs of a few years ago, but um, I definitely can see a push in another 50 to 60 percent from here is the job done yeah so it's the job done which which cryptos do you think will have the biggest bull run bitcoin and xrp like especially with that banking attachment um i've been fan of bitcoin forever challenges yes but the prices i think i've called have panned to be true um shout to curtain crypto 901 but yeah, XRP, I think, is going to be one of the most important assets to the banking infrastructure, if you will, which is a great acquisition by the banking space. Those two, if I can just hunker down for five or 10 years, especially after the Bitcoin halving, I think Bitcoin is going to go on a crazy run. And this is, this is the interesting part. NASDAQ is up what is up with a slower economy and global fear. What would they run if we drop quantitative easing back down or if interest rates go to 2% and then we get healthy economies again? XRP and, and Bitcoin are going to go crazy. NASDAQ is going to go crazy. I think NASDAQ will hit all-time highs. A good indicator will be if the Russell 2000 can pull itself out of the rut, which I think of all the indexes is probably worst performing or what caused me the most worry. Like if I had 100 grand there, I would worry about the Russell 2000. If the Russell 2000 starts to move, that means crypto is already going to take off or it's about to take off. NASDAQ and Bitcoin and crypto are comparable. So I will keep my eyes on that. But yeah, I'm hanging my hat on Bitcoin and XRP for sure. Yeah, you, let, you, you left Ethereum out of that conversation. Intentional? Or do we not I, see that? Much? Shout to Ethereum, Vitalik, everyone in Russia. Shout to our fans in Russia. I don't want to know. I'm learning. Listen. I'm not dying on no more hills. No. So, and Ethereum is in stock club. Prices are out. If you want to know the best prices to join in any market, you can click the link in my bio and join the Black Friday sale. Also, get your assets of reliability merch and the show. Tune in tonight. Yeah. Media training been going so well for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be interested in to see what happens with uh, Binance Coin. You know, that's one of those top 10 crypto coins. Obviously, yeah. it being a bigger change. When you have, I mean, I can imagine if there was fraud in a big financial firm here in the States, the impact that it would have on that stock. I'm interested to see over the next couple of weeks what the impact will be with this, obviously, with the, with the fraud case with um, from CEO, what it has on the coin. Because we've seen that coin fluctuate from $400, go down to 80 and then sit around 200 get up to 300 because most people, when they trade, right, that trade partner, usually BNB, if you're using the exchange, is what you're using. And there's a fee yeah. that gets attached with it. So, I mean, the revenue is always going to be there. So if the space grows, then 
most likely Binance Coin will grow. But you know, having this case on on his books, I wonder the financial impact it'll have. Yeah, I just thought of this while you were saying that. For both of you, who, what CEO of a hedge fund or bank do you think can leave and run Binance? And what would they like if they got? I know Jamie's not going to leave Chase. But what has, like, if Ken Griffin left his firm to go run Binance or someone of that ilk, who do you think could give it validity to make it run even further? I think it's just an interesting thought exercise. But what if, what if, what if Brian Armstrong decided to do that? Right. Now it's Binance USA. He that already has, insane. right. He's already having issues with the SEC. Right. If he can get, the largest exchange he already has coinbase which is number one in the united states if he can some way work out a deal or get a part of a board to to be with binance now you're talking about a huge takeover that would be insane yeah that would be well we'll monitor the situation all right so let's talk about ozepic that's uh been the the drug of 2023 a lot of people have used it to lose weight yep but do you think that the momentum is starting to die off of that? No, I think given um, how much we use Instagram and how much physical appearance in our society, I don't see a, a few food company CEOs are saying that the effects are going to wear off and their stocks will be affected. And listen, bro, people want to look good. Um, I never thought I would see a battle between Tyson and Eli Lilly or the CEO mm-hmm. of Oreo, but the and it's an interesting part now a lot of capital is being deployed from pharma companies into these drugs because ironically this is one of the drugs that we actually see that works like i was like i don't know if lunesta is strong as it used to be but ozempic is working so as this sector in pharma gets hotter it is going to have an effect so i don't think uh and i think a lot of people if we do the eye test or ask most people about it maybe what three percent maybe five percent of people have actually used it um and people want a quick solution it may not be the healthiest long term but i think this is gonna be a lot bigger issue for food companies in the long term if it's actually working at scale and there isn't any hard side effects from it so i think the food companies could be in trouble for a couple of years for sure yeah uh i don't think the the fad is is done um even there was reports today that, uh you know eli Lilly's Majora is actually performing better than ozempic and so i think the, the the war for uh the diet solution is we're just getting started in it right there'll, yeah. there'll be another pharma company that says we have one that works better than Majora, is better than ozempic and like you said people want fast results how they get them i mean that's what left up for interpretation, right? This is kind of new. And so we don't know what, what it looks like three to five, 10 years down the line of taking these, these weight loss drugs. Um, but we're at the beginning of it. I think we're at the beginning of it. Yeah, and I think we're at the very food, beginning. Food companies should, they should be taking a hair to it, right? Because, and, and most people on the service think like, well, what, what, why would they be worried? Well, one of the side effects is that it makes you eat less, yeah. right? And if people are trying to lose weight and it's making them eat less, then that's going to affect the, what they're buying and how often they're buying. Um, so they definitely uh, should be on notice uh, because this is this is something that is not going anywhere. I see more people doing it, right? Like we, we know probably a few people on our hands. Uh, if we had to count uh, of people who have actually tested the drug and used it and have seen results, but I think more people uh, down the line will be using this, especially in America, where 
obesity and uh, people being overweight and health issues are, are at a premium. Um, it's, it's, it's the perfect drug for this environment. And if Dr. Miami got to get his hands on it, he get that Ozempic BBL combo deal for the holidays next year, boy. Y'all, hey, that um, Big Get Back campaign, boy, Dr. Miami's going to go crazy. The bundle pack. The big bundle. Hey, um, Big Get Back, get the BBL and Ozempic partnership. It, ooh. Listen, Miami's going to be tough next year. Miami's going to be, New York going to be tough. So, unbig your back, Mike. Clip that up. <laughs> it, it, it's going to work. I'm telling you, mm -mm. y'all are fitness gurus. Y'all in trouble too. They ain't doing 22 sets no more. Two shots of Olympic and get right. Be careful. That's, That's all I'm saying. Everyone is your competitor. Y'all see last week after we got off the show, Cardi started talking about the economy. I got my stomach dropped. I said, Oh, Rashad, let me promote the Canelo fight with you. So Cardi come over here. I'd be terrified. Mm -mm. Shout out to B Simone. He talked to her. Baby boy. Hey, you're a star. <laughs> teach me something. Baby boy. Teach me some of them secrets. Everybody is your competitor. Ozempic is going to put a lot of these food companies in trouble. Yes. Yeah. And, and Lily's version sound like uh, a better DiGiorno pizza. It sounds like a, an Italian dish. Yeah, they actually were used. It was a used for diabetes, mm. and it ended up becoming a weight loss drug. So interesting. interesting. Yeah, it was already in house. Interesting, and they have what a twenty year exclusive license before other companies can start to produce it. That that's a long window for Lily. That's a long yeah. window. Yeah, so they, they got to do a split at some point. Yeah, you figure if you're a competitor, that the use case to even do trials, it's going to take you at least three to four years. Before it gets yep. approved and then FDA, I mean, it'll be it'll be an interesting time. But yeah, I think we're at the beginning of this. Yeah, we're gonna we haven't even seen the the apex of this yet. So, um, Hostess, get your affairs in order, and Pepsi <laughs> brand, get your affairs. In, I know you more beverage, but get your affairs in order. Pepsi, it just passed. You see that it just passed Coca Cola as the number one uh, beverage brand. I didn't see it long overdue. Yeah. CEO is amazing. And Coke's been mismanaging their brand for a decade. I knew they were in trouble when Buffett started putting up, stopped putting all that money in the Coke. Yeah, they many years ago. And it, it, wasn't, it didn't even have to do with the beverages. It really had to do with the snack options. The snacks yeah, have taken over the top. Base. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So that actually pushed them over the top for their market. Yeah. Cap. And I actually like their stock too. Um, I, I like the CEO a lot. Incredibly well managed team, but the power of consistency. It didn't take their brand for granted. Um, they have a lot more room to grow. I think if they get back to 155, 160, that's the area I like to buy in. And maybe in two or three years, they'll be back at 180, 190. So. All right. Yeah. So you want to talk about, um, you want to switch the table and access some, access some questions? Yes. <laughs> Can you tell me? What are the top three lessons? I know it's 40 lessons y'all have learned. I've seen the pictures. They look amazing. Lifestyles of the rich and famous. Um, what are like some of the top three lessons you've learned since you guys have been out there in uh, Abu Dhabi and Dubai business-wise? And what ideas are coming to you that you can tell um, us about? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, as far as lessons, obviously say this all the time, but just, you know, power of networking and, solid relationships um you know obviously this is steve harvey's golf tournament before he came out here so shout out to bd 
and uh, Jess and Brandon and the whole team, and of course Steve Harvey. Um, but you know, then when you get out here, the, a bunch of other people that we may have met in passing, or we have relationships with, or we just didn't know at all. So, you know, Charlemagne, shout out to him. Yeah, got a chance to kick it with him. Of course, Terrence J. That's our guy. Um, you know, he was out here. Anthony Anderson, somebody that you know we 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 knew, but we this is the first time we actually got a chance to really build with him. So, um, you know, we got a chance to really, you know, connect with him and, you know, just just talking and asking questions, seeing what people had going on, different things on nature. I mean, Canelo, shout out to Canelo, super, super cool, humble dude. Um, it's crazy. Like I posted the picture and people didn't even think it was real. Those AI I thought generated. It was AI. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fact. <laughs> thought it was AI generated. So um, you know, just understanding the room, right? Understanding the room being able to, you know, add value to a conversation and um, knowing how to, you know, really uh, navigate um, in in that environment or in any environment is is key to your success in business and life, really, honestly. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, that's always one of the the main takeaways is it's just to be in that environment, be in that room. But then once you get in the room, be able to, you know, have conversations, not be annoying and add value and you know just it's kind of a, a art and a skill but um definitely a, lo- a lot of great people that we ran into you know meek mill shout out to him ran into him had yeah, a conversation with him um so you know everybody's out here right now for a formula one race and then like i said steve harvey had his golf tournament and some stuff a lot of stuff going on so, you know yay is out here we ain't running the yay yet but yay's out Burke here Burke out there um, yeah, yeah every, every, everybody's out here. And then, of course, you know, on the business side, a bunch of people that, you know, most people have never heard of, um, billionaires and stuff like that out here from the area and from different parts of the world that um, in Dubai. So, you know, in Abu Dhabi, it's a very eclectic group of people. It's a very international vibe. Um, the UAE is something that, you know, a lot of energy is around right now. And that's done intentionally. So it's um it's dope, man. You know, it's it's, it's a great experience to be out, outside of America. Um, you know, you don't want to kind of just limit yourself domestically. You always gotta travel and see what's going on internationally to, you know, keep perspective on the world and then also to get new ideas as well. So yeah, it's been it's been a, a dope experience to come out here for sure. Yeah, I will add to that. Um I think one of the biggest lessons that I'm witnessing is uh how business moves in silence mm. um a, a lot of deals are happening right in front of us or being talked about right in front of us but you would never even know um and i just feel like the, even like the culture out here like the you know the people the royals and, and the dignitaries they they carry themselves like everyday people um and deals happen because you know they just are very personable um so knowing that um and even it, this is a quote uh from my brother derek falcon he said like people major and minor things Right. Like I started thinking about the trivial things we talk about when we home a lot of times or even as a community, the things that we talk about, like none of that is even a whisper. Obviously, it's something that's happening in state, but the trivial things are not happening. Um, Every time we talk to somebody, it's about family or it's about business or it's about innovation or it's about expansion. And that's the theme of pretty much every conversation. Um, So navigating those rooms, like Charlie was saying, like that that's on the forefront of conversation. Um, And the other thing is being able to adapt to any environment. 
uh, it's one of those things that, you know, we talk about all the time, um, but it really comes to the forefront when we're in these settings, right? Like we're the type of, we're the guys that can go on button and also go to Bloomberg and having that duality makes us almost unicorns in a sense, right? Cause we can fit in any environment, enemy, any room. Um, and so, like you said, when we're sitting with Charlemagne or we're sitting with dignitaries, it's, it's the same guys. We get to show up who, as, as we are. Um, but it's, so, so it furthermore cements that, you know what, being authentic, uh, being relatable and being 100% yourself at all times, it, it's the best way to go about things, man. Uh, and we get to see it come to fruition every time we get put in uh, situations like this, man. So, again, shout out to, to SH and the entire team for having us uh, mm-hmm. and everybody that we got to sit down with. We really got to bond with some people. Like you said, Anthony S., we had a, a great conversation about finance, right? Like, he's a comedian, but he's like, look, I, I need to lean in on your guys. Like, you guys yeah. know things I don't. We're talking about building homes and we're talking about tax codes. So it was dope, man. So shout out to everybody that was out here with us and, and took time to speak to us. Do you think um, the networking is a more valuable asset than stocks? And, and if so, can you tell us why? Um, I, as far, in regards, I would say yes. Like they're building yeah, I mean, to properly network. Yeah, I mean, life is about relationships. So, you know, you got to be able to cultivate relationships. Everybody cultivates relationships different different ways. But, uh, you know, I don't think that you, you'll you go far in life if you're not able to, you know, establish relationships. So, I mean, that's really the most important thing in life, honestly, is who you know. Yeah. And after that is what you know. Um, and if you have a combination of good information of what you know and a good network of who you know, then that's the ultimate, you know, key to success. So, yeah, I mean, definitely networking, like I said, not just from a network and just get places, ask people their names. Like, you know, it's like you got to, you know, deserve to be there. You got to work hard to be there. You got to, you know, have conversations, stay in touch, see how you can add value, stuff like that. So it's a, it's a, a lot that goes into it. But um, I mean, building relationships is yeah, that's the that's the biggest part of life. If you really think about it, everything whether you're married, that's a relationship that you had to cultivate and build. Yeah. Um, and you know, work towards. If you're in business, those are relationships that you had to cultivate and build and work towards. If everything that you really have, um, is built off of a relationship or a referral, so um, from another relationship. So yeah, I think and, you know that is definitely the key to life and i think you know also the culture you can definitely learn a lot from the culture as far as like yesterday we was at the race and what i've noticed is that you know at the race everybody comes to the race from people from all over but i think the emiratis what my theory behind this because they all had kadoras on i think that they wore they dress very similar to each other all the time but especially in an event like that where they know that every single body's going to be there they want to kind of all look uniform Mm. So I think that a that was impressive because they they showed strength and unity to know like okay these are Emiratis right here just based off of how they dress and everybody's dressed the same but also it's um it's modesty so it's just like we talk about you know in these in this part of the world women is big on on modesty like how you dress right like you don't show your yeah. hair it's big modesty but men also. It, that's modest behavior how they dress and there's actually that's actually a lot of wisdom in that because it's like now i'm not trying to you know show off on you i don't have to worry about how much money i'm spending for my outfit i don't have to you know try to flex 10 times harder than nobody everybody looks the same everybody's gonna be judged the same 
right? Like if if I don't know, you could be a billionaire or you can be have ten dollars to your name. We we both got the same outfit on, and um, now the only thing that you can judge is somebody by their character. The only thing you can judge is somebody by their conversation, but also it just it leads to less um, individualism because it's like all right now if we're all uniform and we all look the same and um, it's extremely modest, right? Just white cloth, a long white cloth um, garment. You might have you might have you might have a nice watch on, but other than that, it's like we all look the same. Um, we take a, the individualism out of it, and now it's more of a collective, and we could just bypass a lot of the materialism aspects of just from a dress code violation. Like you know, what I'm saying like if you see somebody and th- you don't like what they have on, or they think that you biting what they have on, and think about how much conflict has caused in our culture just from dressing. People get killed for their clothes. Yes. Um, honestly in our culture from sneakers to leather jackets to a variety of different things that happened for a long time um so yeah you know you, you pick up different things in different parts of the world but definitely something that I, I noticed and um you know that is is something that I think is is an interesting part of the perspective and maybe a reason why they they've become so successful successful in their culture is that they are just more focused on just you know not really showing their wealth just actually getting to it and, you know, just being more quiet about it, not actually flashing it and showing it because you, you attract a lot of attention when you do it like that too. So, you know, you learn different things from different people and, you know, take different things from different people um, and, you know, see how you can add it to, to your life to actually, you know, in, enrich it. Um, is there anything that's glaringly clear that UAE does better than us in, in terms of business in America? Because I'm always trying to look internationally to see what other companies or coaches are doing better than us because I think we're falling behind. Is there anything that sticks out other than the things that you said? Uh, I think the hospitality um, mm-hmm. is the, the it's the most glaring thing. Um, and we come from New York where it's like when you see tourists, it's like you almost feel like, why y'all here? Y'all in the way. Whereas it's almost like welcome you here. Uh, we want you here. When can you come back? How can we help you come back? How can we help you while you're here? It's just a different feeling. Um, and we've experienced this a few times now. I, I mean, we've been throughout Abu Dhabi. We were in Dubai a, a couple of days. Um, and it's it's, it's the, the, the theme throughout. Um, and that goes from men and women. Um, it goes from workers to, you know, drivers to everyday people inside of a mall. There's a different level of hospitality because they they actually want you to be part of this, this experience. And they want you to yeah. see the beauty. And like I said, the, the innovation is incredible. And so... When you see that, I mean, everything feels modern for a reason, right? They want to make this the place that has everything. And they've, they've done a really good job of doing that anywhere. I mean, when you look at the architecture, um, when you look at some of the, some of the things they've, they've been able to do, I mean, everything is the largest, whether it's the roller coaster or it's, it's the Burj Khalifa or it's the mall. Everything is the largest. Everything is grand scale because they want you to make this is a place you want to come back to. This is a place you should be. Yeah. Um, and so that's the, the most glaring one to me was the hospitality. It's just, it's just done at a different level. I mean, I think also from a political standpoint, we, you know, we've talked about politics a lot lately and, um, you know, the system is different as far as, um, you know, there is no voting. There's no choosing a leader. Um, it's one leader and decisions are made for the people. And, um, you can never become a citizen if you're not an Emirati even though the country is made up of 90% immigrants. So I think that there's benefits in that from a variety of different standpoints. 
you know, we in America and the Western world have been always taught that democracy was the only civilized way to go about things. But um, I don't necessarily think that that's true. I think it depends on every different, you know, because it's like, you know, even in our democracy, if you want to call it that, um, you know, A, it's getting paid for by corporations. We just talked about that last week. And B, you know, there's so many checks and balances when nothing happens. So something has to get through Congress, then it has to go through the Senate, then it has to go through the president, then it can get stopped in the judicial system, then it has to go to the Supreme Court, then you have state legislators, then you have state governors, then you have, you know, so it's uh, so many different things that happen. So it it makes it extremely difficult. If somebody just, some really has a great idea, they, 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 they can't do anything. So it's like, yeah. All-inclusive power is extremely dangerous if you have a bad leader, but all-inclusive power can be beneficial if you have a good leader. And if you have somebody that's actually, you know, cares about the people and um, wants to push things through, they don't have to actually, you know, check and try to play political games and get money from lobbyists and, you know, talk to the Republicans, then talk to the Democrats, then appoint a Supreme Court judge and go through all of this stuff. And it takes years you know, four years and, and you can't get anything done. Right. Um, so I think that that's one of the reasons why they've been able to move so quickly is that they don't have to, they don't have to bypass, they bypass the political process. That's, that's beneficial for them. And also, like I said, they don't, they don't give citizenship. So the country is built from people that's coming and working and providing services. Um, and that's helping the economy, but they're not imposing their culture on the country, mm. right? You can come to the country. You're welcome to add value to it, but you can't, you're, you can't impose your culture on the country. Yeah. There's some benefits in that as well, right? Where it's like in America, it's, it's the exact opposite. Everybody has imposed their culture and there's, there's, there's upsides to that, but then it, it, that becomes difficult as well because you, you, you don't, you can't have your own culture. So it's hard to establish your own culture when, everybody is imposing their culture, right? So it's yeah. like, you know, they're pretty much unapologetic about their culture, how they dress, their way of life. Um, and this is something that, you know, they hold dear to them. So they don't they don't want outsiders just completely changing the fabric of their country, but they do, you know, accept outsiders. So those are two two interesting things that I think um, are interesting and go and go completely against how we were raised in America, right? We were always taught that everybody should be included in everything and that, you know, governance should always be spread out. Well, you got to be open-minded and you got to, you know, look at other things in the world that's working and America's having trouble and, you know, it's working over here. It's working. You know, everybody's, no, no country is perfect. Everybody has different issues, but, um, I mean, you can't really go against something that's working. It's obviously working, right? So yeah. there's some there's some level of success that could potentially be taken from that and implemented, if not in America and other parts of the world, because America is not the only place in the world either. So um, you know, other other countries are looking to develop themselves and come out of you know poverty and these are things aspects that they might take from from this part of the world and, and implement it, whether that's in Asia, South America, Africa, you know, a variety of different things. So um, you know, it's just interesting to get a global perspective on things and see things for yourself as opposed to, you know, what you just hear on television or what you see in 
you know, a lot of people have, are scholars um, from YouTube. Um, but the dangerous thing about that is that, you know, it's always propaganda. You don't know yeah. which side, you don't know which side you, you get in. You don't you know, um, you know, who, who, who's publishing information, what their purpose of publishing information is. You know, you see one thing and then it just, you know, you just run with it. It could be some truth to that. It could be a lot of falsehood to that also. Right. So it's like, if you did a study, if, if somebody did a documentary on the South side of Chicago, a black America, and they just painted that, like, you know, this is two blocks and they're like, they made that seem to the point where it was like, you know, if you come to America and you see a black person and you're probably going to get killed, a lot of people probably wouldn't yeah. believe that. But then it's like, you come to America and it's like, you're not just going to randomly just get killed for no reason. That's a low chance of happening. Right. But if you, if you're in an environment, if you're doing something that you're not supposed to be doing, if you're, yeah, it's a variety of different things that happen. Can it happen? Of course it can happen. But how, how is portrayed is probably not the most realistic, um, you know, expectation that you should have. Yeah. So it's, it's the same thing. I feel everywhere. Right. You know, um, we, we saw how Africa was depicted for years. I mean, is there poverty in Africa? Of course. Is there war in Africa? Of course. It's, it's a continent. But when you overly portray something and push certain narratives, then that's not it's not fair. And it's also not a fair depiction of the overarching theme of the situation. So, you know, my whole thing is just see it for yourself. Don't just take somebody's opinion or take somebody's viewpoint on something. You, yeah. you can't really have an educated conversation until you actually are educated. If Saudi Aramco becomes the number one company by market cap, should we start to worry? I, I've been if Saudi Aramco. Becomes the number one globally traded company by market cap. Should we, as a country, worry? I don't think so. At one point, weren't, weren't they the number one traded by market cap for a quick little second, and then <laughs> valuations got adjusted, and Apple went back up, and Microsoft went back up. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily worry. Um. I think that you know oil is a, is a commodity that they're they're already diversifying the economy, so you can't fight against you know such situations like that. I think America still has the strongest companies. Like if you look at Fortune 500 companies, probably ninety percent of them are American based. So even yeah. if the top one company or two companies, I don't think that that necessarily changes this. But the last thing I want to say about this UAE situation is, obviously, I know a lot of people have said like, well, it was built on um, slave labor and migrants and stuff like that. Um, you know, the word slave, I, I don't think should just be thrown around lightly, especially our history in America, which America was really built on slave labor. Um, and pe people have no problem coming to America or spending money with America, ironically. Um, but also, you know, different parts of the world is different. There's different laws, there's different living expenses. There's, everybody doesn't have the same thing. But I will say this, even now to this day, you have thousands of undocumented workers that are getting taken advantage of in farms all across america and low-paying jobs all across america right now to this day um yeah. from central america from mexico um so if somebody highlights that well it's like okay well america is supposed to be the, the authority on human rights america is supposed to be you know the most advanced country in in the history of the world um well let's take a, all right let's say let's take away undocumented workers 
you have actual slave labor that's happening currently right now in America and it's happening through the, the prison system. And um, this is when we talk about documentaries like the 13th where slavery never really went away. It just got transferred and um, you can't turn down a job in, in jail. Like you can't turn down a job in jail yeah. and they have millions of black people, mostly black men working for slave labor um, in prison currently right now you know, makes up 5% of the world's population. And we have 20 to 25% of the prison population. That's not done by accident. That's done by design. Yeah. Multi-billion dollar industry. So I would just be careful about just throwing out labels at, at things because unless you're prepared to really stand on that, if you're saying, right, I'm not going to support any country that has ever taken advantage of somebody, well, you shouldn't be living in America. You shouldn't be paying taxes to America and you shouldn't, you know, be advocating for America in any way. Like, well, I'm not advocating for America. Well, you kind of are. Cause if you, if you're living in America, then you're paying taxes. If not, you're going to jail. So you're paying taxes and you're supporting a system that you don't use. You, you're so advocately advocating against in other places. So I would just be careful. I think Americans live on in an unrealistic bubble sometimes without yeah. fully understanding how the world works and without looking at, at their own, political system themselves. So there's no part in the world where, you know, it's 100% equal for every single person. That's that that doesn't exist. Literally doesn't exist in Africa. It doesn't exist in Mexico. It doesn't exist in Canada. And it definitely doesn't exist in America. America was built. Like I said, it was actually built on slave labor. It still has slave labor that's currently happening. It still has millions of people that are sleeping on the streets currently right now they had to clean up san francisco because the president of china came Talk about um, hello <laughs> so it's it's more beneficial to look inward as opposed to criticism going outward especially criticism going outward on things that you you haven't even experienced the real exposure program with, that was with a hell, exposure hell of a segue. yeah with exposure comes education right and like you said a lot, a lot of us live in a bubble and our mindset is inside that bubble as well. And until you again get educated, or even sometimes when you're trying to get educated, people will resist it because it doesn't feel comfortable. Um, so you made a, a, probably a thousand great points inside of there. Well done. Yeah, for sure. All right. Amazing. So right. we we got to get your solo cam back too when you get back to the states. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Upon our return. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Wait. So. Um, Let's talk about trading. Um, did back testing allow you to gain more confidence in your trading? Uh, that's a great question. Someone asked me on Twitter. Um, yes, it gave me back testing gives you it's like watching film. It gives you the ability to know what can work in a real market. The thing that does give you ultimate confidence is forward testing. There's nothing like actually putting the trade on here in order pending order filled and now you're seeing the position go against you or in your favor on a future side like when you hear target field that's when you know so back testing is like watching film and i think most people don't go back far far enough to get a true sample size i think you need to look back at maybe six years worth of data to see if your targets work so if you're trading features you need to see if four tick target works 20 tick target for every instrument that you trade on the option side, I think you need to see if you're going for percentage-based targets, do they work in every cycle? A compressed cycle, 
lot of volume, a lot of volatility, squeezes, limits up and limits down. You have to see that. But the only thing that's going to give you real confidence in your trading is forward testing. Like you can't be on simulation mode all of your life and expect to have some big wins. Um, it hits different when you actually like put your money in. And even for a lot of you who trade with prop firm money, it's different than when you put all your capital on the line. Because in real life, you can't hit a reset button if you lose a hundred grand on a bad option call. Or like the guy on Netflix who lost eleven million. Fortunately, he made it up with Dogecoin. Shout out to the dog. Listen, <laughs> but you trade a lot better if you're using your own capital because you're going to be a lot more mindful of the trades that you take. So closing out this year, going into 2024, if you've not taken a live trade yet, set aside $2,000 to do so so you can feel all of the emotions, write your game plan out. But the only way you're truly going to get confident is by shooting your shot at the market and forward testing your strategy and not deviating yeah. from I mean, I keep saying it, but stop devi deviating from your plan. Yeah, inside that options trade, and I, I would tell people, this is like one of those things that, I hadn't seen people doing, but you should check the the bid history before you buy a contract. That's a right? great like, say it again. Like, yes, yeah, because I think people get the stock price and the bid price, and they think they're the same thing, and they're completely not, right? So you can see right. how a stock moves over its history, right? We can see the one month, we can see six months, year to date, one year, two years out, and that's great to know. But you should also know what the how that bid has moved with the stock price, right? And so if the stock moves up. How far has the bid moved? Has it grown to a, a percentage that makes sense to you, right? Like I, we always talk about that. Like, what's the percentage that I need to see it decline before I, I realize that? All right, it's hit a level that I'm willing to now invest. And so, finding out what the bid history is is as important, if not more important, if you're trading options, right? You need to see where it was six weeks ago. You need to see where it was a year ago. Sometimes, if you're doing a leap, how how far back two years ago? You, you want to see where that is trending so you know, all right, this is a spot. It pulled back 20%. It pulled back 30%. I like to do 50%, right? If it pulls back 50%, it's a great, great company. Great. Yep. I'm looking at it like, okay, there, there's some room for growth. And we kind of showed that on the screen a few times, but I think people are getting confused. They're like, well, the stock price moved up. With the bid. If you're in options, you're trading options, you need to look at the bid, right? You need to know what that ask is. Like you said, it's good to watch it, but when you see order filled, it's a different, that's, different. that's when a game really starts right and, you, and that becomes yeah i was gonna say that becomes one of those things that all right am i going to fill this at a limit price or a market price these yep. things are all these little intricacies that you need to know before you get into the space because again he had he had 10 million go down to six but he still had other investments right most of us don't have a thousand dollars that can go down to 400 so we got to be a little bit more refined with our skill set when we're making these decisions Every tool you, you can add to the tool belt is important. The great lesson that I think I, I forgot to mention, I don't like how he dispersed the capital, but I've been saying forever, every business on earth needs to learn how to trade so no one can dictate your future endeavors. Like, there's a lot of talk, and I was talking yesterday about, like, where does the podcast and space go after 2024 and 2025? A lot of y'all living zombies right now but i think for those of you that are moving forward if you don't know how to trade and invest inside of that business you're going to be in a lot of trouble so i think if he would have maybe had a, a apple or microsoft call dan did the doge and bitcoin he probably could have tripled that money and what a hell of a story that would have been but you know 
I'm glad he messed up because it makes opportunity for us. We need to get on the yeah. front line with Netflix ASAP. <laughs> four, four, four Rolls Royce is too many. So, um, what's what's on your list? The best stocks 2024. Um, I was looking. Um, I know we talked about it before. Troy's mentioned this one a lot. A lot. TSM, I like. Um, I like AMAT. I love AMD. AMD for the next three or four years has no chance to catch up to NVIDIA. But I've loved AMD for a long time. Even some people on the show last week were saying, like, oh, do you not love AMD anymore? I love them both. Um, it's like having a Rolls Royce and Bentley. Like, you swap them out. Still a good car to drive. You're good. But I think um, AMD, AMAT, and Taiwan Semiconductor, once the geopolitical threat goes away, I'm all in. For those of you who've been buying anyway, I commend you can continue to buy. But I think this notion of, like, only the, the Magnificent Seven that's producing gains has been a little bit overstated. And I think we're seeing some of these start to make a nice run and will run well into 2024, 2025, like you have to invest for the long term. Um, uh, another ticker, SNPS, I will put on the watch list as well. I don't love it at the price that it's at now. But Cadence Design, I do like. I have that on the watch list as well. So there's a, a lot of other companies that are doing incredibly well. I know we lean a lot on the big seven and I lean a lot on two tech two index, but there are some other companies that are setting up to have a nice run in 2024, 25 and 26. And if you guys are investing for the long term, you shouldn't worry about any three month or one month moves at all. Yeah. And, and we still love NVIDIA. We still love NVIDIA. I know people were watching the earnings. They were watching earnings last week and we, we spoke about it uh, and it, it beat pretty much on every line. But the one thing that was concerning is their future guidance when they, mm -hmm. you know, when we talked about uh, the geopolitical game between America and China when it comes to the semiconductor space, what impact will it have? They said it, it would have a, a significant impact in the fourth quarter. Um, but what they did say, in addition to that, which kind of had to stop moving back and forth after the earnings was the fact that they're going to try to make it up in different regions. And so I'd be interested to see which regions like that would be the thing to research now. What NVIDIA region probably. is is NVIDIA moving into? And once you see NVIDIA there, I'm sure AMD is already there or going there as well. And so if they lose China, which is not lose China, but obviously the ban, it has hurt some of the sales uh, for the H100. Where is the next space? Is it India? Right. Is it is it South? America? We got to figure out where that's going um, yeah. so they can offset some of this loss with the, with this ban. And I mean, who knows? Maybe in a, in a, in a year, six months, that ban's lifted in, in you know, this, this goes back to something that could, not that it's going down. I mean, we, we, it's had an incredible year, but 600 yeah. could, could be in the cards for, for NVIDIA if that band get, gets lifted. Absolutely. And especially, like you said, if we pass things over China, because we were, China and America needs each other. We can play fight. It's like the relatives you may not get along with at Thanksgiving, but like y'all still blood relatives, so you got to get along. U.S. and China has to find a way to coexist. Or it's going to be disaster for both. But I, if NVIDIA breaks ground in India, as India is kind of becoming the new China, we built up that middle class. Whew. Oh, baby. So can we do a review video of our own videos? <laughs> they think we should. <laughs> and and go back to what we call. Yeah, might as well. Might as well. We, we can be the antagonist of our own content. Which brings me to what could we have done better in 2023 to have a better show and get people more gains? I know we called NVIDIA, but any ideas that we can take into 2024? Which four-year anniversary coming up is crazy. 
the show lasted longer than a lot of my relationships. Hey, baby. <laughs> These are just jokes written by DC Young Fly, Chico B. Shout out to anyone I've ever dated. You're amazing. I wasn't ready for you. Yada yada. What what company what company do you think um has the best chance Shout of changing the world? <laughs> what company do you think has the best chance of changing the world in the next over the next 20 years? Um I am in love with Starlink. I really think good one. Starlink is going to be like this generation's version of AOL. And I think people forget like how big AOL was. They got the like middle of America connected to the internet. I think this global access at high speeds and you can take fast internet capability with you anywhere. Um, it's going to change the game. And this is a great infrastructure project as well. Like I felt like in a social media era, all the capital was going to people that built social media apps. And now that their business model is dying a little bit or like the, the predominant players are there and they're not going to be moved. I think Elon did a great job and building something that's needed. No one's using landlines, but you kind of need that infrastructure of telecom there. He's built a sexy telecom. So that so if we go to the desert and go to Burning Man, we can still stream and be connected to our loved ones or go to Abu Dhabi or Lake Como, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if we get a better driver of the boat, we probably can do the show from the boat. So I think this is one of the one of the brands that is going to do incredibly well. I'm excited about the IPO. We talked about Stripe before. They missed their window. I don't think Elon, given some of the issues that he's had with Twitter, he's going to make up for that loss on Twitter for sure with Starlink. SpaceX, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to let him break through the firmament. But Starlink is going to be a star IPO, star brand, and I think it's going to be a company that actually does change the world. I think um, Neuralink is something that is going to change the world for talk sure. Talk about it. Um, yeah, when you talk about, you know, a pretty much a computer inside your head, um, there's so much endless possibilities. I was just thinking, you know, being out here, and what if there was, you could put a chip in your brain and you could speak every language in the world, right? How, how convenient would that be? Um, as opposed to trying to use a translator or trying to learn a language takes years to learn languages. Like, cause you know, most people outside of America know at least two languages. Most Americans only, only know English, but imagine if you could just put the chip in your brain and go to Japan and just speak fluent Japanese and understand it as well. There's endless possibilities, extremely dangerous, obviously, and scary. But um, once again, Elon Musk, guys, guys, hands and everything. If you really think about it, it's kind of scary that when you look at, you know, the two companies that we just named, we didn't even talk. Yeah. We didn't even talk about SpaceX. Um, that's that's another one, you know. So yeah. it's like you know he could potentially have um, four of the most powerful companies in the world. Mm -hmm. I are you done? I wasn't sure. No, yeah. I'm just saying if he has four, I don't think that's ever been done before in, in human history. Mm -hmm. no. One person, one person controlled, you know, four companies multi-billion dollar valuations and so powerful um from transportation to human brain networking to internet yeah um <laughs> yeah. when you put it like the, and yeah. that's an index like for one person to own 
Those could be the big four by 2050 or, or 2040. Yeah. Did, did you see where he traveled today? Where is he? So he traveled today? No, where, where is he? He is in Israel. He said that he wants to help uh, rebuild uh, Gaza. I digress. But I, I, I know you want to comment on that. So why is he in Israel if he wants to rebuild Gaza? Well, he's meeting with prime minister. He should, he should, he should, just, he should, he should stay out of this. <laughs> he should stay out of that situation. That's, that's where he's at today. He's just, he's, he's, yeah, he, his best bet is just to shut up when it comes to geopolitical politics because he's, he's, he's trying to, do damage control and it's, it's yeah he should just stay focused on, on what he needs to stay focused on you think it's a pr move i, I think it's 100 percent a pr move as far as him going to israel obviously you know every everything that happened on twitter last week and everybody was calling him anti-semitic so i think he's trying to save face but um i just think he just doesn't a, a lot of unnecessarily he does things that are unnecessary and um causes a lot of issues for himself unnecessarily i get that he's a celebrity and he's playing to that and he's 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 the biggest you know business personality in the world i understand like you know it's valuable to his brand but i think it's a thin line between being a celebrity and just you know putting yourself in a situation where you have to you know now you got to try to fix what you said and try to get back sponsors and show yeah. face and do it it's just like going back to your elon you, and kanye point yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I I will take um, those are great companies that you both named. Um, I was thinking along those same lines, but I think uh, I, initially I was thinking Microsoft, but I'm going to go with Google, um, just because the level of infrastructure, the ability to create product, the innovation, and we talked about it last week, where even we were speaking about ChatGPT as an idea well where was it birthed right before open ai was a company the idea was at google the yeah uh, the mind was at google still is and so we're talking about infrastructure product but the most important thing that they have that only zuckerberg can really challenge is data nobody has more than them right they can challenge zuckerberg zuckerberg obviously with facebook and so they have the key components to the digital gold of our generation they have the key to it they have the ability to put out product in this AI yeah. space, right? Because even when we talk about the competitors, who's in the AI space, we talk Microsoft with OpenAI. But Google's been there from the, the beginning. Um, and so they have the, the board. They have great leadership. I think we haven't seen the best of what's to come from Google. And that's saying a lot with it being one of the best seven companies by market cap in, in uh, the country. I think we haven't seen that go-to product from them yet. Right, like the Pixel is a, a cool phone, but they don't have the product, and so yeah, maybe not putting the chip in your brain. What if there was a device that, and we saw that, right? That you put a device on you that translates for you right there. Um, that's less invasive, right? Because some people will want to have the chip in their brain, but there'll be a bunch of people that say that's too invasive. But having a product, right? Like the Apple has the iPhone. What is Google's product? Um, I think they they have the ability to do that with their level of talent that's inside that company. Um, so I, I would say Google. It's a nice lineup. Neuralink, Starlink, Google. Well, Alphabet. Hard to lose. Or Alphabet, yeah. Hard, hard to yeah. lose. Hard to lose. I'm, so um, from, before we leave. No, go ahead. Before we leave, I wanted to talk about Binance. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, Binance CEO got himself in some hot water. Uh, money laundering allegations. 
And, um, you know, feds came in and now he's trying to leave the country. So what, what's the deal with this? And what, what do we make on this whole situation? Um, hit dogs always holler. Uh, I've learned like when people espouse, like, let, let's say hypothetically, like we do a free show every week. Y'all do a free show every Tuesday. And then they'd be like, well, y'all charge too much. They're the ones who are actually charging too much. So when he started railing against Sam Bankman Freed, I remember my mom calling me and my mom was like, what if he's doing the same thing and trying to put all the heat on him? I told you guys two years ago, they're going to come in, clean up the crypto space. Banks are going to take over. Some of these people may be plants, but I think, of course, I mean, of course, if you know that you're going to go to jail and you got to pay a $4 billion fine, I'm pretty sure he wants to go to Thailand so he can't face the sentence the same as facing I think we're just seeing the maturation of crypto space. The dot-com internet space went through something similar late 90s, early 2000s, where they had to clean up some of the players there. Um, it's unfortunate because I think this has done some damage to the credibility of some of the companies. But if they find a great CEO with great leadership that can deliver on his promises, I think Binance will be okay. Coinbase will be okay. A lot of these projects will be okay. Um, and this happens in every industry. You have nefarious characters in every sector that end up not being reliable. You get them out of the way. And if you find great leadership, they're going to go to the moon. No pun intended. So um, I think it's sad, but eventually a lot of times I've learned when people are projecting, they're also revealing their own hand. Because most people that are like the people who are always calling out someone for a particular action are the ones who are usually doing the behavior. So it was very telling how hard he was railing against Sam um, about a year ago, and now he has to face the same fate. So keep your eyes on your own paper, focus on building your own business. And going back to the not competing thing, Rashad, that you were talking about and Troy that you were talking about earlier, I think we have to have, once again, CEOs who are focused on just making the companies great. That's the thing that I love about Satya. Until... They had this issue with open AI. I didn't know Satya's thoughts on anything outside of Microsoft. He was just heads down focused. So especially in a more volatile space like crypto, um, high frequency trading where the volatility is higher, you need a CEO that is head down and not focus on the gossip. So that's that. There you have it, ladies so, and gentlemen. I feel like an episode of 24. Well, <laughs> absolutely. there you have it. <laughs> A lot of I appreciate y'all being here. I gotta say it again. I, I know it's late out there. Y'all the hardest working <laughs> man in show business. Y'all giving Stephen A a run for his money. You gotta do it. You gotta do yeah. it. 4 a.m. in Dubai. <laughs> gotta do God, it. I'm stacked. Yo, you want to talk about 24-hour runs, man? Whew. Man, real 24-hour runs. Shout yeah. out to Canelo Alvarez. He was my neighbor for a week. Good dude. They, they thought it, they thought it was Photoshop. Yeah, it was crazy. No. We we walked out the door when we were going golfing. This dude, like he had like it looked like um, you remember the movie The Professional? Yeah. When he walked around <laughs> and or Desperado when he had the guitar joint, that's what it, his yeah. his golf ensemble looked. I'm like, yo, you do this for real? He was like, no, this that's is serious. Crazy. I'm serious. <laughs> and he played well too. We watched him on the course. He's one hell of an athlete. And we talk boxing too. This is true. So he gave, he gave yeah. us some insight on, on boxing. Yeah.
Yeah, you, you took the pitch. This is the crazy part. I didn't, most times, like, we go out somewhere and Shadi doesn't recognize the person, right? So this time, I see him talking to somebody. And I'm thinking to myself, who is this dude? Because, you know, he, he he's in the garments. So I'm like, All yeah. Right. Well, I'm, hey, how you doing, Troy? I'm walking. He starts talking. Over. I'm, yeah. yo, he starts talking. I look at Shadi. I'm like, yo, is that Canelo? He's like, yeah. I'm like, you knew that? He's like, yeah. I'm like, no way. He's like. Nah, I knew it. I mean, of course you gotta, you gotta know who the <laughs> I'm gonna give you a signal with Rashad and Rashad don't dart over when Rashad goes to the B line to the convo, it's somebody important. You don't just get up and go. <laughs> if you fact. go, yo, boy, who is that? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna know the, the, the 12th man on the bench of the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know a lot of people, but I know I know Canelo. Like that's somebody like you gotta know him. Like, yeah, so he's a master um, of his craft for real. But it, I could see how stuff Floyd lost. He he lost two fights. He lost. He he, lost, he was undefeated until Floyd. He lost, and then Floyd, he lost then again. He lost another fight recently, but he okay. he won. He, he he avenged that. But um, yeah, I was actually. I mean, you know, it's kind of a a weird photo because it's uh, Canelo in in the full throw with the head wrap, right? With me and I have a throw on, and we're at the mosque. It's not. It's a very random pairing That's on Thanksgiving, fire, though, yo. On, on Thanksgiving Day, no, it's extremely fire. But I'm just saying, it's, I could see how some people could be like, no, that was that was him. This is impossible. We, no, we, no, 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 that's hate though. You, you know what it is? <laughs> Let's see. I put one. There's another one. Like the I one like, you get higher. Are you going to the Andes? It's like okay. Yeah. I can see y'all with you know, the locks. We talk about what you getting here. <laughs> but we talk about modesty. The most modest person. Surrounded by family, refused to yeah. sit next to anybody but family. Right? They offered him to sit in the front of the room. He's like, "No, I want to sit where my family's at." This guy, I mean, just a hell of a hell of a person, extremely modest, great champion, uh, and we ruined for him. Hopefully, he got he got a fight. Somebody called him out this weekend, um, so hopefully he gets to. I think there's another Mexican fighter who's undefeated as well. So there's there's an opportunity maybe for a single de Mayo matchup, but you know who we ruined. Shout out, yeah, to, shout, shout out to the champ. Shout out, shout out to him, man. But all right, hope, ladies and gentlemen, it's been real. It's been extremely real. Um, this has uh, been an eventful week. We will be back in America shortly. <laughs> Unfortunately, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> watch our stories just in case we don't make it back. We might stay. Who's hold, hold down the fort, Art Basel on the way. Yes, RSVP to so you can get your tickets so you can actually be there. It's gonna be it's gonna be a vibe and uh, check out my girl B Simone today on Revolt and Wednesday on the on the YouTube channel and uh, earn your leisure tomorrow. We have a very special guest, Chatelia Riley Irving, Kyrie Irving's agent, mm-hmm. um, and you know extremely impressive woman in business too. She was a a force in business before she became an agent. Worked at BET um, and did a variety of other things. So, yes, Sersky. Two cool questions. How many podcasts make four to five million dollars a year? And who has the most powerful podcast ecosystem? I want to talk some talk in 2024. Uh, I'm not sure how many podcasts make uh over four million dollars a year. Uh, I would assume probably not too many. Not too many. Um, as far as what shook shot is late. That's what it is. (laughs) I gotta catch you about like five o'clock. Yeah, for sure. As far as what's up. <laughs> not many, not many is what we're going with. Yeah, as far as the ecosystem, I mean, I, it depends on how you how you look at it. But 
know, I like I like what you know what we have currently going on as far as earning your leisure market Mondays, high level conversations. I think that's the big three. So wow. uh, for sure. So uh you know, shout out to all of the 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 um content creators, all the podcast hosts out there that's doing their thing. Um shout out to Shannon Sharp. <laughs> Club Shay Shay. <laughs> the nightcap is hard too. The nightcap, nightcap is hard. Tough. Yeah, yeah, nightcap is dope. I, I like that. Chad and, 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 and that's a dope situation. So you know, it's like everybody out there is doing their thing, you know, in, in different capacities. But um, she's so good, man. You never shout, really to, shout out to everybody contributing <laughs> value. Get your, to, get to, get your ticket to Invest Fest 2024 <laughs> when they go on yes. sale, man. We might have some surprises. You never know. Oh, Market Monday's gonna. Market yeah. Monday's gonna. Yes, going December to the motherland. December 27th, we will be talking to a billionaire amongst other Again. surprises. Um, so th- you don't want to miss this one, man. This is a, this yeah, is a unique opportunity great. to actually, you know, be on the continent with us um, in the December, going into the new year. It's going to be a vibe. We got Afro future. got a lot going on. A lot going on. Um, but like I said, we tapping in with some of the wealthiest people on the continent of Africa. Um, a lot of insight. And um, we're going to be announcing other guests that will probably be joining us on stage soon, too. So definitely get your tickets to Ghana. If you are already going to be in Ghana, a lot of people are already going to be there. Then that's, this is definitely something that you should, you should put on your itinerary to do. Um, It'll be a great experience for you, for sure. So uh, click the link in the bio and get your tickets now before it's too late. Um, Ghana, Accra, this December 27th. Um, we'll see you there. Shout out to Ally, who sponsored the Market Monday's World Tour. That's the last leg in the Market Monday's World Tour. So we got to figure out what we're going to do next year. But, um, yeah, this year we're going to end, end, end strong right. with the bang. Um in Ghana, so you know this is this is what we going with. This is the vibe that we're moving into the new year with. So, um, get your tickets, be there, and yes, orientation. We'll be in Ghana. Oh, okay, okay. You let's know. do it then. Let's do it then. Might have to put up three up against any three. I shot it. I know you ain't in the mood today, so we'll wait till next week. I want to put y'all on notice though. I don't see too many networks standing up tall. Look like oh uh, boy with the, with that queso and that chipotle bag. Oh man, listen, man, be good to each other. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you out next week. Love is love. Yeah. Might be the people around us who be changing, but we'll talk next week. Love, love.